0: The importance of staying on top of your credit rating. This is the focus group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the focus group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Welcome to the focus group. John Nash here with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is our website. You can learn all about us and our partners, including Deep Discount, who we're going to be visiting with later in the show. And you'll learn about TFGM Buttoned, our second podcast, which will, if you are on Spotify, Apple, any of the podcast platforms of choice, it probably drops into your feed already. But if it doesn't, check it out and you might want to um, like it or follow it. We used to say subscribe, but I know you can't do that anymore. Like, well, subscribe says... means
1: you pay. People okay, think subscribe. that means you pay. So if you follow, you know, unless you're on some of the apps that you pay for, you can yeah. find, us for, find us for free.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're, well, we're Tim used to say we're anywhere you need to be. We're free,
1: free. <laughs> I heart and tune in, and uh, there's places you don't even know you can talk to. If you have Xfinity, you can ask Xfinity where we are. Alexa, you can
0: even ask the Alex- Alexa, Alexa. Play Alexa. the focus group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. We had uh, so Tim that you so we have an Alexa that was given to us as a gift years ago. We are going to give it to Bob's mom because she, for some reason, her apartment does not get FM radio. Like her car does. It's like her car's in a garage, feet away. But there's something about the building of the apartment. We had bought a new radio for her. Keep it low tech. Keep it analog. Beautiful radio because she only listens to like the jazz station, right. NPR, and classical music. And it didn't
1: work. It didn't work in her apartment. That's no, weird. Isn't nope, it? Nope. Nope. no. So did you find that I, odd?
0: I find it exceedingly odd because it, we had an antenna, an eight foot antenna. I walked outside with it. There must be something about the building or that room. So I said to Bob, you know, the next best thing, if we want to avoid technology, you know, uh, phones and stuff is, is Alexa. Cause you, if you have a plain old Amazon account and you right. ask Alexa to play music, it will pull in a, a free FM station. I hooked up our old Alexa, which was still tied into my account. And I showed Bob. I said, Bob, watch this. I said, play the focus group with Tim Benton and John Nash. This thing started right away. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So we're available everywhere. And this leads me to another thing. Thanksgiving, for me, kicks off this weird three weeks of purging that I go through. And it's not like a, well, it's more of an organizational thing. So I took all the areas where I had cables and adapters and power cords. And I emptied it all out and I put it on the kitchen counter and I thought, I'm going to get this down to, you know, a, a few things that I truly need. Tim, I don't know if you had this experience, but three quarters of the stuff that I pulled out, the cables and stuff, I had no idea what they went to. It's right. like old technology, things that don't fit anymore. And I'm like, got to get rid of it. So just throw them away. We have an electronic recycling bin in the building that the city picks up, and I think it goes to a place where they try to retrieve the metal, and they try to use it again as best as possible, but yeah, I just feel like sick when this happens, because it's like, wow, you know, how well, many... knowing how much
1: some of those chargers cost, right? Yeah.
0: How many of those little square iPhone chargers do you really need in your life? How many lightning cable? I mean, it's that kind of thing.
1: What I'm irritated with, and I think you probably saw this with your... I upgraded my iPad just because the one I had was five years old, and but the adapter or the the charger fit the iPhone and it fit the iPad.
0: No, now yeah. it does USB C, yeah.
1: Why do yeah. they do that?
0: I don't know. <laughs> USB C is more standard with PCs and in Europe as well, so it's not a bad move. But prior to that, it was proprietary. It was Apple's Lightning connector, which right. still you still need to charge your phone. By the way, unless you have the newest iPhone, so. Yeah, I
1: don't, uh, I don't understand. I heard a lot of people complaining that I've upgraded to, was it 17 operating system, whatever it was? They were yeah. complaining the police were giving warnings about something. Did you see all that?
0: Yes. The, apparently, the phone has on by default a setting that if you put your phone next to someone else, I think they swap contact so, information.
1: Yeah. Which is why would, they, why
0: would they make that? Well, <laughs> do you know Airdrop? Have you ever used Airdrop yeah, before? Yeah. Okay there was a thing with airdrop for a while where people didn't know how to do the settings and i used to have mine set to anybody can get airdrop me anything and i remember once i was on the subway and i got airdropped a picture of mighty mouse mighty mouse remember my i busted out laughing when i got it and i looked to my left and there were a bunch of school kids who were smiling at me because they airdropped mighty mouse bob had someone airdrop a a porno picture And he looked around thinking, is this someone in the train? <laughs> Who is this? Well, that happened on
1: the, somebody. I think we did a story about it a, a, maybe a year or so ago. Someone airdropped on an airplane. They kept airdropping yes. porno. And the whole plane was getting it. And the person, it got, I think they might have gotten arrested.
0: They got they kicked were, off the flight. You're right about that. Yeah. yeah.
1: And and then they they people saw it as a form of harassment. So, But yeah, I, I wondered why when I saw that pop up uh a few times about this people complaining and then the police alerts about this sharing of information i thought why would they put functionality like that without having somebody opt into it
0: you know you raise an interesting question like you you, you wonder if the room of software engineers sounds like hey i got a great idea when the phone the two phones get together no, they're exchange. yeah <laughs> W- wouldn't one person like you or me raise their hand and say, mm. "Maybe you should make that an option for the user to turn on and off, right. to, or leave you know, it There's off. a lot
1: of people taking subways in Manhattan or Chicago or Philadelphia, <laughs> or <laughs> people on trains or buses or what, planes. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. you really want to share your info well, anyway. But well, that's you know that's the way it is. I don't know. Do you, do you do you feel you need to? You never. You always tell me not to upgrade right away.
0: I've changed my tune on that.
1: Have you? Why is that?
0: Because I I fell so far behind on the laptop software, for example. Oh, you did? That the step up to the latest operating system was shocking. I think that your laptop is actually more current than mine. I'll, on a probably. later phone call, I'll yeah. we'll have to check. And the phone I keep current, too. Uh, the, the reason I would not do upgrades to the phone, and many many listeners probably will recognize me saying this, for every time Apple releases a new release for the phone, you download it, you put it in, battery life seems to suffer and then it gets kind of back to normal and there's all these explanations for why that is but i used to just detest it and so i held off on it and held off on it and the last time i had to upgrade the you know i did the same thing you did i got a new ipad or no actually it was the new phone and my phone phone my regular phone was actually at the newest operating system but the one i just bought at an apple store was a system behind and it was so the, the two of them didn't talk to each other they had to get it all straight away so Word for the wise: Try to stay current with software. I guess, yeah. You know, for me, in production on the laptop, I am very cautious about upgrading because it breaks things. Like right. something might not work in the future for our production or something. So, over I've the next wondered week, about
1: that. If you had a USB stick with pictures that were, you know, you downloaded six, seven, eight, ten years ago,
0: is are you always going to be able to access those? <laughs> this is. I'm so glad you mentioned this. So I found seven or eight USB sticks just i had no idea what was on them so the i started pictures. popping them in and one was a book that you and i had done for one of our sponsors oh it was the vw road trip right. book um one had six pictures on it that i must have taken to a cvs and plugged into a machine to print out for christmas stuff And it was like four years ago one didn't operate at all it just kept saying it couldn't be read so it was dead and uh, the other one had some software on it. So yeah, you could still technically, so I I actually, before I threw those into the recycling or the electronic bin, I wiped them off. I wiped them all out because I didn't want that kind of data floating around, even though it's just pictures and stuff.
1: Well, next time you come down, you're going to have to look at the old, old MacBook I have because there's still some music I can't pull off. I can't figure mm-hmm. out. But it needs to be charged and all the other things. But I'm tempted to, I'm actually tempted to get rid of Apple Music and all of that, and the iTunes, and just um, do Amazon because Apple has made it so difficult with libraries and sharing and everything else that it's, it's, it's not user friendly at all. I don't know if they want to get out of the business.
0: I, Tim, I can't figure it out. I, iTunes to me is no longer as useful as it used to no. be. I don't like when I plug my phone in, I manage my music manually, I drag onto the phone what I want to hear. They make it very ugly and cumbersome. I've been looking into this. You and I should talk offline about it because I've been looking for other MP3 programs to manage your music with right. that more resemble what we were used to from 10 years ago. Yeah, Album, song, artist, call it a day. Make a yeah. playlist. That's all I, I need. Those right?
1: I have those iPods that are
0: loaded with music, but I won't plug them
1: in because um, if I, I won't plug them into the... To the laptop because it wants to erase everything and reboot and reset and I, I don't, don't want to lose. Yeah, I don't want to lose the music. And it yep. wants to upgrade. And if it upgrades, it's going to lose the music. So I've got like mm-hmm. three three different sets of music, which but anyway, that's a that's a. Wasn't
0: this thing. problematic with albums?
1: No, <laughs> or CDs.
0: <laughs> you, the turntable didn't want to wipe it out I, and, and update. No, it. and I <laughs>
1: bought it, so I bought it. I own it. Why? Why does Apple want to charge me every month? I own mm-hmm.
0: it. I refuse to do subscription music. I just so I'm getting rid I, of it. I, I, I just bought some albums recently. Um, do you watch Apple TV? To, yeah, any we shows? We? Well, we like Foundation. Uh, the Morning Show was good. I want to watch Severance. There's a couple others, but you know, I, I'm actually thinking of canceling some Cause of because they
1: raised for the one. price, right? They raised it yeah, to like did. nineteen dollars or something. Yeah.
0: Crazy. Hulu did. HBO Max, uh, Disney Plus, yeah. So I, I'm thinking of like canning some of these until you rent, you get them for a month, and then you quit them again, and you watch what you want to watch. Netflix yeah. is the most useful to me, though. Do you I agree? agree?
1: Netflix and um,
0: maybe yeah, Amazon, Amazon Prime because yeah. it, it's free. Yeah. Well, you so, pay for it, but you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, but you use the Prime. We, you're shopping at Amazon so all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's our, so, our store of
0: choice. Dog food.
1: I gotta get dog food and you know all my usual things. So yeah.
0: So uh, if you're new to our show, well, you just got part of it, uh, Tim and I catch up, then we do a segment called Caught Our Eye. We bring some news items to each other's attention. We visit with Deep Discount, our partner here on the focus group, take a quick break, do a business birthday. And then we also have Shop Talk, which this week is about the importance of knowing your credit rating, or more importantly, how often should you check it and stay on top of it and how, what do these numbers mean? So without further ado, Mr. Bennett, what caught your eye? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. So, <laughs> this one's good.
1: <laughs> I lived in the Midwest for quite a while. I lived in a, I lived in the Midwest for longer than I would, would have expected. And there's a, different parts of the country have their own sets of convenience stores. And for instance, in the Northeast or in the Mid Atlantic, we've got Wawa. Mm-hmm. There's Cumberland Farms. There's Sheets. There's you know different different places. And out in the Midwest, there's thirteen. Thirteen different states. There's this uh, convenience store chain called Come and Go, which uh, it's spelled K U M and Go. Come and Go. Now, as a sidebar, and we'll get into the name.
0: <laughs> Just a branding I, sidebar. You want to? Hit?
1: If someone said, "Let's call it the Come and Go," I, I think you and I would have been, you know, raised the eyebrows. I'm not so sure that's a good name, but okay. Right? Would would you have would you have approved Come and Go with a K?
0: Nope, but you know how owners are. Yeah. Someone would have rammed that through if they wanted it bad enough. Well, that's but what happened. Know.
1: These, these yeah. two owners that named it. So it, there's a come-and-go in Iowa. An Iowa City man was allegedly pleasuring himself in front of the customers at the come-and-go convenience store. <laughs> so the, the guy's name is Kenneth Kelly. If you're watching on the video, you'll see a picture of him there. So Kenneth was at the, uh, the come-and-go in Iowa City. And uh, he was following around, he was following patrons around the store. And uh, he was saying sexual things to them while masturbating in their presence. He had his unit out and was going to town. And uh, he's on surveillance uh, footage of the incident. And uh, they showed him going up and approaching, approaching uh, victims and so forth. So they called the police. He left by the time the police got there. And they looked at the surveillance video. And then they started showing pictures around. And somebody identified him. Oh, yeah, that's Ken Kelly. And uh, so they went to his apartment, and they questioned him and actually found that he had clothing that matched the description what appeared on the surveillance video. He denied it was him until they had a search warrant. They went in and uh, then brought him in for a lineup. And so some of the people that he had harassed at the come and go said for sure that was him. So he was read, right, as Miranda writes, but he claimed he was not exposing himself, but he was just scratching his genitals. <laughs> So he was arrested last Thursday and charged with indecent exposure. And uh, so I dug up to figure out where this come-and-go uh, name came from. And uh, as I said, it's primarily located in the mid, uh, Midwestern U.S. It's headquartered in Des, Mo- Des Moines, Iowa. They have 400 stores in 13 states. And it was, the chain was founded by William Krause, with a K, K-R-A-U-S-E, and Tony Gentle. And they also, they founded back in 1963, they, they introduced this convenience store concept where they sold gasoline and merchandise and food. And they were trying to come up with a name, and they wanted to use a K and a G for, mm. for Kraus and for Gentle, but also wanted to call it a come and go. So the G was okay for Gentle, but they decided to spell come uh, instead of C-O-M-E-K-U-M. And so in 1995, this was the name they went with. And uh, from the founders Krause and Gentle, the Come and Go. And they never, they said it was lost on them that sales at the Come and Go branded merchandise spiked after Johnny Knoxville was seen wearing a black Come and Go t shirt with the tagline, We Go All Out, during a (laughs) scene in the 2006 movie Jackass.
0: Tim, did you you ever watch that movie? I loved it. Yeah.
1: So while completely lost in the company's management, Knoxville wore the shirt due to the suggestiveness of the come and go, while fans who had never heard of the store believed it was pornography related and the merchandise sold out like crazy. So, um, yeah. So that's the uh, so man was at the come and go, coming and going.
0: <laughs> but according to him, merely scratching, scratching himself, scratching an itch. Yeah. yeah
1: he had an itch okay. needed to be scratched, the come and go. So as,
0: as happens here on the focus group, Tim and I could not be further apart from, I, I I had the pleasure of the last couple of weeks of making Tim laugh out loud with some of the, the, uh, the things I found for caught. All right. This one's a serious one though. And Uh-oh. I saw this, it replaced one that I was planning on doing because I literally saw in the paper yesterday. So Marty Croft of sit and Marty Croft, one of the creators of HR puff and stuff. And uh, the, one of the forces behind the Osmonds on TV. Uh, passed away this weekend. He was 86 years old. 86 is a great age. He died, sadly, of kidney failure, and his publicist confirmed all this over the weekend. He and his brother, Sid, were puppeteers. who, And I never really knew that. I mean, I knew that they were costumes and puppets right. and all these things. But they broke into television and ended up getting stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. They made their mark in TV with the show I just mentioned, which many of us grew up with, H.R. Puff and stuff. I will tell you this. My parents used to think that show was really weird. I mean, we had Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons.
1: Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: Stuff. stuff. Where are you going when things get rough? can not they also have like
1: witchy poo? Was witchy poo involved? Yeah.
0: the flu. There was a British kid that played the the boy that gets lost in, in HR Puffinstein. He was the mayor of, of this town. I just remember my parents thinking it was a strange mm. show. Um, it was. <laughs> so... He was born in Montreal on April 9th, 1937. And he got, into, as I said, he got into entertainment via puppetry. He and his brother, Sid, put together a risque cabaret-inspired puppet show called Les Poupées de Paris, which means the Puppets of Paris in 1960. And its traveling success led to jobs creating puppet shows for amusement parks, which was interesting to me. The Crofts eventually opened their own, the short-lived world of Sid and Marty Croft in Atlanta. It was I didn't know they had, a, they had a, a park down in Atlanta. Oh my gosh. Called the, yeah. Uh, they made their mark in TV though with Puff and Stuff, and they spawned a movie called Puff and Stuff, and many more shows followed that they had their fim- fingerprints on. Land of the Lost, another classic. That and I grew up with that one, Electra Woman and dina Girl, uh, Pryor's Place with Richard Pryor, with comedian Richard Pryor, and DC Follies, in which puppets gave a satirical take on politics and the news. Wasn't that a strip club in DC? The DC Follies. <laughs> yeah it It sounds right yeah the follies so they have been you know more than 45 years after the 1969 debut of puff and stuff they have been kicking along doing their stuff they've done things with mutton stuff on nickelodeon like they've been they've had their hand in a lot of things now sid croft the uh his brother said he was really heartbroken that his brother passed he said all of you meant the world to him meaning his fans And when Marty Croft uh, here, I'll read this. He says, while the producers might have contented themselves with their achievements far earlier, Marty Croft indicated to the AP in 2015 that he had no interest in stepping back from show business. What am I going to do? Retire and watch daytime television, be dead in a month. (laughs) I like this guy, right? (laughs) What am I going to do? Watch daytime TV and be dead in a month. So that's what caught my eye. A guy that was a giant in my childhood because of the wacky shows he helped create uh, Marty Croft Passes at the age of 86. I remember, too, your parents are right.
1: I remember, too, it being a little bit of an odd show, but for some oh. reason, kids were fascinated by it. It's kind of mm-hmm. maybe like the mm-hmm. Teletubbies. I, but I'm shocked about the Osmonds.
0: That he was, they had a hand in the live Osmond show, yeah.
1: Yeah, which... Um, Wholesome? Yeah, I guess so.
0: Hey, let's, I don't know if listeners remember this or not, but Tim and I did Vegas years ago when we were on Sirius LR Radio. We did a madcap weekend. Tim got sick. I got sick. I don't know how we pulled this off, but our favorite show still to this day was Donnie and Marie. I forget what hotel they were at, but they the Flamingo. It was the Flamingo. You're right. They put on quite a show. It was a really amazing show.
1: Well, it was old time Vegas. Like you would see pictures of the 60s, 50s or 60s where everybody sat at these long tables with like Mm -hmm. 50 people at each table.
0: Donnie and, made a point um, of coming down and touching everybody's. He hands.
1: touched everybody that wanted. Right, which which you and yeah, I remember you saying he's an entertainer, boy. He was mm-hmm. raised being an entertainer. He knows how to make everyone feel welcome and at home. And um, it was, and you and I remember watching, saying, "My God, the energy!" I mean, they danced nonstop, and it wasn't just little dancing; it was jumping mm-hmm. and moving, and and uh, yeah, he and Marie were bo- they were raised to be. I'd hate to say it, raised to be entertainers. Entertainers. Right? You know,
0: and then Tim and I it's would sit at this table. We're watching the stage. At one point, Tim goes, "How old is he again?" Like we were doing the math because we grew up with him, right? So we're trying yeah. to figure out: Is he in his fifties? Is he? And and he's kicking and dancing. We're like, "Well, whatever he's doing, he's doing it really well." So yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that was a great, uh, great show. Oh, that was a, that was the best. All right, so, folks. Uh, as uh, many of you know, Deep Discount is a partner of ours here on the Focus Group, and we would like for you to shop at their site by going to ours focusgroupradio and clicking on the Deep Discount logo, which is a shark, Sharky. Sharky used to make more of an appearance, but he had some bad press. So,
1: <laughs> I think Sharky <laughs> so, could come back.
0: I think he can in a limited capacity. But I remember one song. Hey, say I love Sharky, but we're getting we're too much Sharky. Um, Deep Discount has a lot more than uh, movies and TV shows. It's books and games and records. I mean, actual you know, audio, vinyl records, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, this is a Cyber Week, um, Cyber Week, Cyber Monday sale. I mean, everything's on sale, and it's going to be this way until the holidays. So with that in mind, Mr. Bennett, uh, did you do some shopping on the site? Tens of thousands of items are on sale, and I was able to find...
1: Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory the original the original and it was an anniversary edition that was released in 2011 um starring Gene Wilder Jack Albertson um as two of the two of the main leads of course and it's uh, who doesn't know about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory but what I liked about it I guess I, I was going down a nostalgic route here and um kind of the, the fantasy or the excitement of getting this ticket and the candy bar and then going on this magical chocolate factory. I've got door. a golden
0: ticket.
1: <laughs> but at the end of the day, what you discover is that the, uh, the trip and, and uh, when they go on the tour of the factory, is that the whole visit really is a test of character, a test of people's character, which is actually a good lesson for kids and adults. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you watch, uh, watch the movie, and of course, um, Charlie ends up being the... Uh, the kid the winner. That, uh, the, the winner because he um was very humbled and uh
0: just Do respectful. you have a favorite scene in the movie? I I liked when um I'm not sure I do. I I I'll tell you mine. At the very end when Charlie he gives back the everlasting gobstopper right. and Gene Hack uh Gene Wilder puts his hand over and he says so shines a bright light in a weary world or something like that. And he goes, Charlie, he goes, no, you won, you won. And then they get in the great glass elevator and he says, I've never pushed, I pushed every button in here except this right. one. And he, and he has Charlie pushing it, it, smashes through the roof of the factory and they're floating above the village. And Gene, while they're sitting there smiling at Charlie and he says, Hey, Charlie, remember what happened to the man who got everything he ever wanted? And uh, he said he lived happily ever after. And that was such a wonderful thing for a kid to hear. Because to normally hear, right. when you hear something like that, there's a wagging finger. Yeah, there's going something wah. bad happening. But he got everything he ever wanted.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think. I think I liked, mine was just much more <laughs> mundane about the chocolate river or some oh. of the other little scenes. But I loved when the other kids all got in trouble. Like they all oh. were, you know,
0: Augustus Clump or whatever. He the, got, he's chocolate river sucked up the thing to the fudge room. Yeah. Uh, veruca salt turns veruca into a blueberry salt, which tv gets shrunk down to tv world he has to go to the taffy pulling room <laughs> you drank yeah no this and and the, tim you picked uh you know it's a great movie it's a great movie and what i love about
1: it too it only runs 100 minutes which sean and i always say movies do not need to be two hours long that's a kid's film yeah right and uh, or it's just a regular film doesn't if you look at old movies from the 50s 40s 50s they were they were not two hours they were 90 minutes 100 minutes whatever less now the, in the, it, the so the price the, is only 709 for mm-hmm. the dvd and uh 21 and change for a uh, blu-ray so pick up Willy wonka in the chocolate factory
0: so i went down the rabbit hole of things that were really on sale i mean super on sale and i picked a movie that tim and i adore this is uh directed by sophia coppola i think it was her first director it was a directorial debut and it's a movie that tim and i talk oh, about gosh. frequently because of how it perfectly nails this whole thing about going to japan and the time change also the cultural issues and it's lost in translation starring uh, bill murray you can pick it up on dvd for 3.99 oh I my mean, gosh it's not like it's on streamers or it's not on tv all the no. time but you know bob and i were in a, a liquor store recently and we saw Suntory whiskey Suntory yes. time more, more James Bond, and then you know, and then just remember the whole photo shoot scene yep. where they were trying to get Bill Murray to act and do the, and it's just because he's there for that whiskey. So I picked that. I was lawsuit. shocked.
1: Do, do you know that
0: Japan is the number
1: one destination now for U.S. travelers? Really? Yeah. I would love to go, to be honest. I was, I, know you've been a- I was shocked about it, and I, did, I had some friends on social media that showed themselves there having a good time, and I thought, God, every time I went, it was a nightmare. But um, it's changed. It's changed. Signage has
0: changed. There's a lot more English, I think.
1: I remember we would fly there and we'd be what, you know, you, would leave on Saturday morning and arrive there Monday night. And, uh, that's right. And so we, we, we would be in the, in the, in the line for passport control. And I remember Regini and a few other, and Rob and everybody, we'd be standing there and goes, look at how miserable everybody is. <laughs> Nobody's here for fun. They're all here for work because it was like all these business Business people in line to go to you know to go to tokyo to do whatever you're gonna do but i used to laugh he's like no one's here on vacation no families look at everybody
0: miserable in line what was the (laughs) flight 12 or 14 hours or something it
1: was about 14 hours we would we would go from either dc you could go direct or newark or you would go from philly to chicago and over and if the russians were in a good mood um, it would cut about an hour and a half or two hours off. Because you got they to go up you towards
0: the polar circle. And go and through
1: there. their airspace, but a lot of times. And the pilots would come on and say, the Russians are in a good mood. We'll be arriving a little earlier. Oh, the Russians aren't letting us fly through.
0: <laughs> and um, So wacky.
1: Yeah, so.
0: All right, but. we do have a new release this week. And um, that new release is A Haunting in Venice. And uh, this stars Kenneth Branagh. And I believe this is a Hercule Poirot mystery.
1: Well, I'm not going to pronounce it.
0: Yeah, it is Kenneth Branagh as the titular detective. How um finds and this. So this, if you've seen like Murder on the Orient Express or some of these other ones, this this is one of these. I, I have not seen this particular story of his brought to life, so I'm really curious about seeing a haunting in Venice because, again, it's a great cast members. Jamie Dornan's in it. Kyle Allen, Camille Cotton, um, came out this past year. So it's 103 minutes. Tim, it's like three minutes longer than wow than your Willy Wonka, Willy Wonka. So that sounds perfect. like a good film so that's a haunting in Venice on blu-ray and that's the new new film this week and it's uh, starring Kenneth Branagh perfect for me who so also is... directs it by the way so that's cool great
1: so as John mentioned uh head over to focusgroupradio.com click on the deep discount logo it's the Black Friday Cyber Week sale there's tens of thousands of items on sale movies music games collectibles and more get a jump on all your holiday shopping as we head into December it's a great time to uh Either add to the collection or get something for someone that uh, special on your list this holiday season. John picked uh, Lost in Translation, which is a favorite movie of ours. I picked *Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the original. And the new release this week is A Haunting in Venice. So uh, again, head over to Deep Discount and uh, be sure to start shopping away. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we have our business birthday and a little shop talk. So stay with us.
0: You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now back to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Welcome back to The Focus Group. John Nash with Tim Bennett. Focusgroupradio.com is... The destination you need to know about to learn all about us and our partners, including Deep Discount, who we just visited with, and our other podcast, TFGM Button. But without further ado, here we go with Business Birthday. Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the
1: universe that celebrates business birthdays. Born today, November 29th in 1915, is uh, Eugene Polly, and uh, he died at, at 96 years old in 2012. He was an electrical engineer and engineering manager for Zenith Electronics. He invented the first wireless remote control for television. And uh, he, uh, he was born in Chicago, Illinois. He attended colleges there. He did not graduate, but he was hired as a stock boy at Zenith Electronics for 40 cents an hour.
0: And whoa, whoa, whoa. 40 cents an hour. 40 right, cents okay. an hour. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and uh, while he was there, he was moved to the parts department. He created the company's very first catalog buying parts and tubes and stuff so that was uh what he was known for but he was then transferred to the engineering department and his assignments included working on bomb fuses and ship detecting radar for world war ii in the u.s department of defense and uh so after the war was over he'd come back to uh to zenith and they had invented something called the lazy bones in 1950 and uh, it, was the, it was considered to be the first remote, but the drawback was it essentially was a cable that was hooked to the TV set. Mm. And uh, it was cumbersome. People were inclined to trip over it. And uh, it really did not do what uh, the president at the time, uh, Mr. McDonald, wanted. They, they always referred to him as Mr. McDonald. Um, wanted for Zenith. They felt that with the advent of TV, people were going to get tired of commercials. And so what they, what they decided to do is they thought if there was this way to either shut down sound or move forward to another channel, you could avoid commercials and TV would then, then last. And Zenith was, you know, wanting to sell more TV. This guy's prediction, the head, head guy at, uh, at Zenith, his prediction was that people were going to grow tired of all the commercials and not watch TV and then they'd be out of the TV business. So it's kind of funny in the 50s. <laughs> Because
0: the commercials are what made the TV shows, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So
1: yeah. So so yeah. So the um. So they put him on. They put uh. Polly on to uh, work on this uh, wireless remote idea, and so in 1955 he came out with what they called the Flashmatic, and so he used this based upon all the work he did with the military. He used a uh, a visible light. It was a visible light remote control to a TV outfitted with four photo cells in a cabinet at the corners of the screen. And it used a pistol. So it was like a pistol-looking a uh, trigger, With a trigger. So if you're watching uh, on the video, you can see somebody, I believe, um, if we have the picture of it, or you can Google it and see the uh, picture of this, uh, of this item. But essentially, it was a pistol control, and you would point it at the TV, and it would either shut the TV on or off and mute the sound. He would also change the channel up and down. The advertisement said, "Just think," an advertisement breathlessly proclaimed this year. Without budging from your easy chair, turn on your Zenith Flashmatic set, on, off, or change the channels. You can even shut off annoying commercials while the picture remains on screen. So the (laughs) Flashmatic, (laughs) yeah, the Flashmatic works like a flashlight. It was shaped like a snub-nosed revolver. The shape was considered the choice by Mister Polly because. Uh, he explained that it, um, there were a lot of Westerns on TV that were popular, and this was going to shoot out the commercials. So you're going to shoot the commercials out with the, with the Flashmatic. So it also made the uh, audience less captive, they felt. Uh, for the first time, viewers could, could comfortably exercise dominion over sound and image uh, without getting off their sofa. And they said at the time there was only about uh, three or four channels in any given place, so you really couldn't channel surf. They said, you know, it was just the dial. But you can go up and down. But people didn't really channel surf then. Uh, Asked about his invention when he was 86 years old in 2002. He said, the flush toilet, Polly said, the flush toilet may have been the most civilized invention ever devised. But the remote control is the next most important thing. It's almost as important as sex. (laughs) So he's quite a character. They said his invention, he received a $1,000 bonus from Zenith. And uh, after this invention, uh, a guy named Robert Adler uh, ended up um, modifying the Flashmatic, and then it became even um, more useful, I guess, for lack of a better word, to what we know today as, as remotes for
0: just mm-hmm. about everything.
1: He was also involved in creating video laser discs and car radios, push buttons and car
0: radios. Interesting. Those two are interesting. Okay.
1: And... Uh, he, uh, he retired after 47 years at Zenith um, as Assistant Division of uh, Mechanical Engineering, and he won an Emmy, which I think is funny. He, was give, he and Robert Adler both shared an Emmy in 1996 for a pioneering development of the remote control for consumer TV. I didn't know they gave Emmys for that. I that was now,
0: pretty- Well, for technology, I mean, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences does yeah. for advancements in film, so it makes sense for TV, too, that the Emmys would do that, right?
1: Yeah, he died in Downers Grove, Illinois
0: at the age of ninety six in twenty twelve. Good old age. And uh I think it's a great birthday. Did you possibly do the other guy years ago, the Adler character? I might have. I'd have to check the, I'd have to check our archive. I, I seem to remember when you did him, you said he wasn't the inventor, but he was the guy who refined it. Refined it, right. Which so... makes sense because now this, this Eugene is the actual inventor, right?
1: Yeah. What I what I do is when I find these birthdays and I, I save you them. You save them. But then if it comes, if I find one and I'm thinking it might be familiar or not, I'll type the name into the Dropbox. And if it's already been done, then if it's in there, then I know we've already done it. Yeah. Um, this was not in there. But um, yeah, I'm sure there's some that we, I know over the years, we've repeated some over 15 years. I Maybe mean, we've been doing... The oh, no, this stuff.
0: wasn't a repeat. This was just the, the co-inventor. Because remember yeah. you said he shared the stage with that Adler guy, so...
1: Well, it's funny. A lot of things from the turn of the century, particularly things... Um, well, this wasn't turn of the century, but we've, we've come across a number of things where a lot of people claim it. Like the hot dog yes. was one, I think. A lot of people claim they, they invented the hot dog or people mm-hmm. claim they invented the ice cream cone and four or five people say they did it. So.
0: <laughs> we haven't come across people who invented the wheel yet. but No, I'm not sure yet. You're, you're, I'm well, sure Trump. I think Trump invented <laughs> the wheel. So. Um, I mentioned that the top of the show that our Shop Talk topic uh, today dealt with credit scores. And uh, it's an article that Tim found and um I like it because it tackles a couple myths right off the bat that I think would be wise to go into. So um basically you should try to have a handle on your credit score, um, at least to know what zone you're in. It's a very effective tool because credit cards, car loans, a lot of oh, sometimes renting an apartment, a lot of things revolve around your credit score. One misnomer or one myth is that sometimes people think that if you check your credit score, it's going to affect it, affect it in a negative fashion. And they call checking your like through an app or something, they call it a soft pool. So a soft pool actually has zero negative impact on your score. It's the other kind of pool, which everybody who's gotten a car loan experiences, it's called a hard pool when they do, and that shows up on your record and stays around for about a year. And it only drops your score about two or three points. But depending on where you're at, that can make a difference. So my recommendation after reading this article i don't know if you do this tim are you do you and we're not sponsored they're not sponsors or anything like that but um years ago a friend of mine recommended i sign up with credit karma and it's just so easy to go onto the app and see where your score is at i mean that that's how i do it you can get free reports You're, you're allowed to get one or two free reports a year from any of the three equifax transunion and i forget experian um through a government website or you could just type in free credit report and you'll get to the site but how often do you check yours tim i check mine probably
1: a couple times a year and Mm -hmm. i do the soft the soft pull as you mentioned and uh through the app or and i use credit karma i think we both signed up at the same time yeah and, and get the number to make sure that it's at least where i think it should be the the problem i have with a lot of this is i never understood why so if you go to purchase a car (laughs) <laughs> or you're going to refine your house or utility whatever why would them checking your
0: credit score lower your credit score you you, you raise this this is such a fascinating question because i haven't been able to find an answer for this no, and i can actually give you did I, I no can't no they, they call it a hard pull and it knocks down your scre- your score by a couple points and I had Tim and I have had this experience for one year. We were getting some new VWs and I had two or three hard pulls because the dealer decided to pull the report two or three times. Right.
1: And then if you refinanced your house, that's another dang, mm-hmm. right? I saw this. So it says since a third party pulling your credit, since it's a third party pulling your credit, this counts as a hard pull and it affects your credit score. The good news is most of the time the hard pull will only affect your score between one and five points, plus hard pulls will only negatively affect your score for one year. Well, I, I still think that's ridiculous. If, you're, if somebody's just checking, you're, if you're going to buy a car, say you, say you were looking at four different cars and you went and were trying to get prices at four mm-hmm. different dealerships, you, it'd be pulled four times. It could lower your score, 20 points or more. I think it's ridiculous. I found out when I started checking it, I went to go look, was actually looking at a car. And the, uh, the dealer's like, well, your credit isn't very good. And I was like, "What? That's a shock!" And so and he you, shows you me. She, have, no, yeah. so he shows me. He shows me the credit score, and it was like under five hundred or something. So I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" So I go back home immediately and I check, and I had refinanced my house, my mortgage, and rather than showing that I refinanced on the credit report, it shows that I defaulted on my home mortgage. <laughs> I was like, "You got to be freaking kidding me!" So I actually called bank. I called the bank and. Uh, Got a hold of somebody and they said, Here's what you have to do. And uh they did fix it and um but if you did, if I wasn't looking for a car, I would have had no idea. And so that's why I think points, it's so important.
0: How many points did it go up um after you had it fixed? And it was fixed pretty quickly, as I recall. It was right?
1: fixed quickly, but it, it it went from, you know, under four hundred up into the eights. It was seven high sevens and then it finally, you know, after it went into the eights after a while. But um yeah, it's important to check it. And I, I remember, it's, it's a hassle, but as people's identity gets stolen now or people can find it, you know, technical information out of all of us, like one of our good friends had his name compromised and he's still dealing with it. People opened up Target credit cards and all this other stuff. I don't know how people can do this. You know, I have trouble signing on half the time <laughs> if I forget a password, let alone setting up somebody's false ID. On right? a fake name. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I have all the information. I've got birth dates and I've got, mm-hmm. you know, my, my own social security number. All that I still can't get in, you know, shut down. You've been shut down. Please call. But, you know, other people are able to set up, uh, you know, accounts. buy things online.
0: So. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to add to So Tim's story about discovering an error on the report and correcting it and getting his, his car loan figured out is really critical. Bob and I were refinancing a mortgage or actually it might have even been when we were purchasing our apartment. Um, And I remember the mortgage banker different than a mortgage broker, Matt mortgage banker calls me up and he says, Hey, uh, we got, we got a problem with Bob's report. Somehow someone else with the last name had a piece of bad credit dropped onto his thing. It didn't take long to fix literally 24 or 48 hours later, the report was fixed. His number bumped up. Um, and, this the meaning of this story is that the higher your number the better a rate you're going to get in terms of financings um there are some stories and articles i've read recently where anything over a number over 750 anything above that is is pie in the sky it doesn't matter you, you you've hit the jackpot i have a pretty high number only because i just hate carrying debt <laughs> on the credit cards so i have a bunch of cards but i don't really use them and i use them i pay them off i remember when last time we had the car Car lease done the guy at the VW dealerships like he goes, whoa. He goes, Gold standard, just sign here. I mean, they pulled the nut they pull the report and you're looking good. So these numbers do have an effect and they it's important to check them. More to what Tim was saying earlier. Are there errors? Are there yeah. things that shouldn't be there? Because it's gonna it's gonna screw you up later on.
1: And the other thing is if you close cards, um mm-hmm. I had I had a bunch of independent store cards. I think I had a Brooks Brothers card and Macy's yep. card all this. And I had closed them thinking I was doing a smart thing. And I thought, if I'm going to buy anything, I'll just put it on the regular Visa card or something. Well, that dinged me as well because I had closed accounts. But again, I don't know why someone is not smart enough to say, hmm, it looks like they consolidated their credit. That was probably a smart Mm. thing. Maybe we shouldn't ding them. But anyway. So
0: I found out with the credit card thing that if you request the card company to close the card, you have to request that it's at your you're choosing to do this, and yeah. um, and they ha- they annotate it differently. If you close it by saying you want it closed, they make it like you had the card you weren't using. Something changes, and it doesn't affect your rating. But Tim's right: if you just willy nilly close a bunch of cards to consolidate, you may actually be collapsing your credit rating in the process. So yeah. I have a bunch of cards I never use; they're open. They've they've never they don't carry balances, but apparently that affects your debt to income, like the whole bit. Right, your know, ratio. How much you're, yeah. yeah.
1: So, the bottom line is just make sure you, if you can, you know go to one number. of the app services and know your number. And if there's mistakes, um, correct them because it will be helpful in the long run. So, so, uh, so good shop talk, Mister Nash. Uh, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we hope everyone had a safe uh, Thanksgiving holiday holiday weekend. As we go into December, <laughs> be sure to follow us along at uh, focusgroupradio.com. There, you'll also find our podcast, which is TFG Unbuttoned which comes out every Tuesday. And uh, be sure while you're there to also support our sponsors, including Dip Discount. Right now they've got Black Friday Cyber Week, a Cyber Week sale going on along with Black Friday. Tens of thousands of items on sale, so you get a jump on your holiday shopping for December. I had picked this week Woolly Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. John had picked a favorite movie of ours, Lost in Translation. And the new release this week is A Haunting in Venice on Blu-ray. You'll find all of that and more if you head to Deep Discount through our site at focusgroupradio.com. Remember, everybody, it's, uh, I saw a lot of crazy out there on the highway, John, lots of accidents, people behind me swerving. I thought it was going to get rear-ended. Don't text and drive, arrive alive, put your phone down. It's not that important. Everyone have a good week. See you next time on The Focus Group. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash, accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.